Hello and welcome at Logistics Conversations, the podcast of the Cluster for Logistics Luxembourg. Through this podcast, you will discover the international world of our sector. Even better, you will hear passionate people and their exciting small and important stories. Logistics is essential in Luxembourg and we want you to have a look behind the scene. Good morning, a big welcome to Axel Quart, Managing Director of DB Schenker Luxembourg. Good morning, Malik. I'm glad to be here. I'm also glad that you made it here because uh, this podcast uh, is uh, the first one we register here in February in the Chamber of Commerce with sanitary conditions. And we are very happy to have you here as one of the longtime members of our association. And we would like to highlight with you how important and essential logistics is. The special discussion we want to talk today is your investment in logistics in Luxembourg and the demand behind such a, a long-term investment project. Uh, so maybe I can introduce a little bit D.B. Schenker from what I know or from what we can read. D.B. Schenker stands for a large transportation and logistics uh, company belonging to the Deutsche Bahn, DB, that's where the DB comes from. The logistics sector of uh, DB Schenker is one of the world's largest transportation and logistics service provider uh, based on revenues and volumes. Uh, through the transportation and logistics division, DB holds top positions, and you will explain that a little bit later, in, in global air, ocean freight, and has, as it seems, Europe's densest land transport network. The rail expertise of Luxembourg, of Europe's uh, largest rail freight company, is also with you. So let's start with the start. What brought you to Luxembourg, Axel? And can you describe your 35 years of career and one of the top players to our audience? Yeah, how do I, did I come into the logistics? Um, first of all, very strange, I made an apprenticeship as radio and TV technician, something completely different. But my parents uh, opened a trucking company in the 80s, so I went uh, as a truck driver and uh, for office uh, work to my parents and decided then to make a second apprenticeship and learn another three years uh, the profession of uh, logistics practically. Then I spent 10 years in the Cologne area and uh, went up to, um, let's say, air freight uh, import manager. And then uh, an interesting chance uh, arised and I went to Saudi Arabia for five years and was then there the managing director of Schenker Saudi Arabia from 1995 to 2000. After that, I would like to come back. So the opportunity came up that um, I got an offer here in Luxembourg and that was 2001 when I started here in Luxembourg. So it's already 20 years here. So all in all, 35 years in the transport business and in all kind of different sections of the transport business. Um, so that is how my uh, life went on up to now. Oh, I see. We will have a critical person then on this podcast with your experience in radio stations. That's a, that's <laughs> a nice surprise. That's uh, too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice surprise. Um, okay, so you have seen uh, logistics in Europe, but also in the Middle East. Um, so you probably you have been working on the problem which we were working. Everybody was waiting in 2000, you know, the, the, the 2000, the millennium bug, or what was it called at the time, mm -hmm. was on everybody's mind at that time. Um, if, if you look back from when you started your, your training, uh, you know, what has changed in, in 2021? What is different than when you started mm. in transport and logistics? 
So in general, you can say that shipments nowadays move much faster than they did uh, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah? They move more efficient nowadays. And um, the biggest change I see is that the customer, meanwhile, has full transparency about his shipments because of all the tracking and tracing uh, facilities we have. So he can follow his shipments perfectly. Um, he knows where his container is, where his uh, air freight is at this very moment. And um, this kind of transparency was never there in the past. Yeah. And uh, what also uh, a good point is nowadays shipments move much more environment friendly than they did 20, 30 years ago. You, you, your first truck, uh, when you did your truck driver, what, what, what type of size was that? That was, uh, at this time it was 38 tons, uh, also nowadays it's 40 tons, but 38 tons. And uh, yeah, uh, it was not so environment friendly. There was quite some uh, exhaust fumes coming out, let's say, and that was typical for that time. Yeah, uh, It was not as powerful and so on. So nowadays, uh, I mean, if you have uh, typically 500 horsepower, that is something else. And Euro 6. Yeah, we did not have the Euro standards probably no, at, not that at this time. time. Not I at didn't all. Didn't even talk about that. Not time. at all. Okay, I'm jealous. You are a truck driver. I always have to do with logistics, and I don't have a truck driver's license, so <laughs> I always feel a little bit, yeah, a little bit walk about, uh, weak about that. Um, is there, if you're already 20 years in Luxembourg, is there something, if you would have to sell yourself, is that something you're very proud of in your track record? Yeah, of course. And we developed now 20 years positively. And uh, what I ex especially proud of is that I never had to dismiss any person in, uh, in Schenker Luxembourg because we did not have enough work. Okay. Not ever. So we always okay. had a constant growth so that we could always keep the stuff. And even if one business went away, let's say, we had always enough compensation on the other side. So I never had... Uh, the unfortunate situation that I had to set people free. That wow, was very that's, good. That's indeed an excellent uh, solution. And uh, as I hear and as we will talk later, it uh, hopefully will continue like that because you have uh, large plans and, and a lot to do, if I'm hearing correctly. It looks like, yeah. Um, your average customer, um, how, how much expertise do your customers have? Has that changed over time? Would you would you say a certain percentage of your your customers are professionals and other are, are less? Yeah, there's always a wide variety of of customers you you have to deal with, but you can say in general the customers have more professionalized over the years, yeah. and the, the the biggest reason for that is that the customers were clever enough to take people out of the logistics uh, forwarding companies and so to do their logistics okay. so they know how it works. And um, in general, you can really say nowadays you have around 80% of your customers are experienced and uh, hardly need any additional advice. But there, yeah, there are newcomers and small companies which really rely on our uh, expertise. And, and your consulting expertise and also, yeah. okay. Uh, I, I guess that uh, you, um, I mean, we organized this podcast uh, at the, with the Cluster for Logistics to explain logistics a little bit to our audience and to people who do not have to do day in, day out with logistics. So uh, logistics, obviously, the customers come from industry, from retail, more and more e-commerce, electronics, automotive, pharma, healthcare. What are the, what we call verticals that you have the highest attention on here in Luxembourg and, and why? 
I have to separate that in two parts because we have one on one side the local business here with Luxembourg customers and we have on the other side our function as uh, air freight hub for Schenker in all of Europe and the vertical markets we serve here are a little bit different. Yeah? If I look at the Luxembourg local market then our biggest part here is actually military or defense goods. Okay, which is not so common, not let's say. Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, we have some institutions here in Luxembourg which need uh, logistic services and we uh, are in, in good cooperation with them. And that's where you have a lot of expertise then, probably. And also gained a lot of expertise. Yeah. We didn't have it from day one, okay. let's say, but we gained over the years a lot of expertise mm -hmm. in the military and defense cargo area. Yeah. And number two, in uh, with Luxembourg customers, you can say, is a farmer. Okay. And um, another big part is uh, machinery and some electronics, let's say. Yeah. If you talk about uh, the Air Freight Hub, where we do um, collect all the shipments from Schenker Europe to certain destinations in the world, um, the balance is more to uh, pharma in the first place. Yeah, I think we are in Luxembourg here, number one pharma okay. um, user of the pharma center, let's say, at the airport. Yeah. And um, then secondly, it is uh, electronics, a lot of Yes. smartphones, yep. um, whatever, around electronics. And uh, Schenker is also extremely strong in the automotive area. So that is the third pillar that you can say uh, we are standing on, on the European business, uh, mainly in air freight. Yeah. So that is um, the, so, the sectors we are serving so most. sectors uh, in 2019, we had a conference where we told people, watch out, 2020 will be a tough year. And we did not know anything about Corona. How was 2020 then for you? 2020 was um, an extreme year for us. Yeah, if you, we, we, we didn't expect that air freight will go in such a boom. Yeah. Um, but the moment the passenger uh, capacity went off the market, then we were suddenly in the focus here in Luxembourg because of that big fleet of uh, cargo lux. Well, yeah. well, we don't depend so much from belly freight. Yeah. Which is not depending on belly freight, which was suddenly off the market. And now then there was an extreme run on this cap freighter capacity we have now. Um, so that changed the whole game in 2020. Yeah. From, a, from a sluggish, let's say, air freight market to, uh, for us, now with the freighter capacity here to a very hot spot market. We are still in front of the Chinese New Year. Will that have an impact this year? Um, less, less than usual, mm -hmm. I have to say. Um, it is like uh, the Chinese will go on with production on a lower scale, but not close down completely like they did in, in recent years. So there will be a continuous flow. And um, the capacity will also in, uh, in, in Chinese New Year will not really um, be less of demand, you can say. And the airlines coming into a little bit of a struggle because they used Chinese New Year in the past to um, maintain their, their planes. Yeah? And vacation, get vacations yeah, get, away. Get yeah. vacation, also, um, let's say, um, the handlers. And everybody was counting that uh, there will be a little gap where they can do the maintenance on the, on the planes and so on. But this year it will not happen, and as far as I can see. And will be a difficult task, but one day the, the, the planes have to be maintained. That's the point. So probably uh, your personnel will have also a long list of uh, vacation days still open. Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> there is a lot of overtime and vacation open. Uh, actually, it, it really goes into a problem meanwhile. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about your big project 2020. Uh, I don't know, a few years ago, probably you started a project of investment. Uh, can you talk us a little bit, how can you mm -hmm. persuade somebody to invest in Luxembourg in logistics? Yeah, okay, let's say <clears throat> the reason why we're here in Luxembourg at all, as Schenker, was in the, in the beginning just uh, the air freight capacity of Cargolux. That was a trigger to come to Luxembourg, to have direct access to this. And um, we have grown in this area also quite substantially, so with the air freight alone. But we have 10 years ago, roughly, well, maybe meanwhile 12 years ago, we started local business here in Luxembourg, which we did not have before. Yeah, we started to go into the market with sales and um, have started ocean and land transport and logistics and rail and everything, offer it to the local market. And this segment, local market Luxembourg, has grown rapidly, let's say, especially in the last two years, so that we run out in our old facilities for warehouse capacity and, and the office uh, was just too small. And it was not too hard to convince um, our head office to invest now uh, in, in, a, in a new building so that we can cater for the growth. So it will be in Kontan. When do you expect to move in there? At the moment, all plans are for the 1st of October moving in into the new facility in Kontan. Okay, so by then hopefully everybody will be vaccinated. We <laughs> hope the best, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you persuaded the headquarters, that was one of the questions I had. Um, how do you manage uh, now the, to have the right skills and develop your personnel for, uh, particularly now that you have a, a long -term in, in another long-term investment here? Mm. Also first of all, I mean, who becomes a forwarder knows that this is a stressy area. Yeah, this is a stressy job. It's uh, it has to be in your heart. Yeah, you you need to want you you really need to want to do a good service to your customer, and you have to be stress proofed and flexible. That that's for sure. But fortunately, there's a lot of people who have this on their heart to do this, and um, we have in general we have no problem to recruit um, skilled staff. Yeah. Now in Corona is a little bit different because everybody is scared to leave his old job, let's say, if you need uh, additional stuff. It's a bit more tricky to get uh, new uh, good stuff on board. But uh, we also try to uh, grow our own good stuff, let's say. Yeah. So we uh, do apprentices, uh, apprenticeships and we have uh, presently, I think, three or four apprentices running and we will continue and increase that. That's good. That's really good. We appreciate that because uh, now that young people can learn logistics at high school, they need an yeah. employer and with giving, giving them an apprentice contract. Absolutely, yeah. And we need uh, more stuff. And the, the good thing is uh, because we have all the different segments of uh, ocean, air, rail and air, and logistics, uh, so they will uh, move uh, in, in a different department every three or four months. So they get the complete overview, um, what, what's all possible in logistics. And at the end of their apprenticeship, then if possible, they can choose in which kind of department they want. And I have to say, all the apprentices we have ever taken, all of them work still for us and uh, continued after their apprenticeship with uh, a normal job at Schenker then. That's actually the best advertisement you can make for other uh, employers to say, start yeah. with uh, training your own 
employees and then yeah. and then you can keep them for long. Yeah. I think um, I, I guess that you if I if I would be working in, in, in logistics in your company, what I would like probably is that in the morning you never know what's on your desk during the day. It's very versatile. It's changing a lot. Yeah. And that is what makes it exciting. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all you, days, new surprises, new you come, requests. You come in the morning and uh, you have uh, new uh, problems to solve or new challenges yeah. just. Yeah? And, suddenly and, the and that makes over. it fun. And the suddenly end. the day is over. Huh? Yeah. yeah, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's in, it's interesting to explain to the uh, public opinion that logistics uh, is essential and is at the base of economy and to realize that also during the epidemic, you guys cannot go in home office easily. Uh, yeah. A lot of people need to stay. Yeah, that is true. Of course, we try to keep as many people as possible in home office to get the infection risk down. Um, in, the, on the, in the office area, we manage a bit more than 50% of the people who can do home office, and it works very well, I have to say. Um, but uh, yeah, at the end, a box or a pallet has to be moved physically from A to B. And so in the warehouse, we don't have a chance to do that. that that's a, yeah, it's a problem which we cannot solve. Physical work has to be done at the end. Yeah, I remember nine, nine months ago when the corona started and we saw problems uh, in the border, on the borders. Uh, as you are like a lot of supply chain or logistics specialists not living in Luxembourg but across the border. Uh, how, how did you feel when suddenly borders created additional problems yeah. or closed borders? Really that was a surprise and close to a disaster I would say yeah, because many of my stuff come over the border every morning and go home over the border in the evening. And if you have waiting times of two or three hours, there is not much fun in it um, for the people. Yeah, I personally stood many, many hours useless in this kind of uh, unnecessary traffic jams, I would say. Um, that was unfortunate, but somehow still okay and manageable. What I really didn't like is that because of the traffic jams created by the border controls, we missed flights because our cargo comes often on a truck ah, yeah. to the airport okay. or goes from the airport to another airport. Okay. And then uh, if the if the trucks are kept in this hostage, you can say in this uh, controls, you miss flights. And that is very costly and very um, yeah, unfortunate. Also for the clients, they pay high rates right. for air freight, want their cargo the next day in Mexico or somewhere in the world. Mm. But the truck is kept uh, and couldn't reach the flight. So that was not funny at this time. And I hope it will not happen again. Yeah. So a big appeal to our politicians, European one and the Luxembourg local one, to, 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 to work for green lanes and help us uh, keep uh, the urgent uh, shipments. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, because that's what we do in, in air freight, typically, yeah. is urgent urgent shipments. Uh. Absolutely. Um, but you also offer more environmentally friendly uh, subjects for things which are not that urgent. Um, can of you course. talk, I mean, like the train to China, stuff like that? Is that something you can talk about? Absolutely. Um, but I wouldn't say that uh, air freight in general is um, per se environment unfriendly. You also have a, a little choice. You can use the air freight carriers, which have the most modern fleet with the most modern engines, uh, with less noise and less pollution. 
So luckily Cargolux is one of them. That is our main partner here. The 747, so, 800, as we call 800, it. The 800, which is, is very good yep. already. Yeah, of course, at the end, it's it's not the most environment-friendly but, but mode of transport, it but it is necessary because, uh, you know, you order something and you want to have it uh, two or three days later, then it's unavoidable. Yeah. Also for a lot of industries, it's not only for the private consumer. Yeah, I mean, but we talked about healthcare, about yeah, pharma. Healthcare, yes, that's yeah. so you can't avoid air freight, uh, and but you can you have a little choice at least uh, to use the most environment-friendly one. Yes, of course, uh, within our company, we have then also the option to do, let's say, river barge um, uh, as a replacement for trucks from Rotterdam or whatever uh, to, to Luxembourg, yeah, this is possible. And used, we use it, um, uh, and we have uh, rail connections also from the ports to uh, Luxembourg and to, to other places. And we have uh, especially the rail connection uh, with uh, China, where we do, uh, meanwhile, you can say uh, we count in a thousand, that, 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 in, that a, also, in a thousand of trains. That, uh, that exploded also Yeah, in that exploded completely. So we have customers, uh, big names, let's say, who, who are already um, on the way to be more in environment friendly. And they come to us and say, do you have a solution, CO2 free, or C less CO2? And we say, yes, we have. We are forerunner in this area. And we give them the advice and the possibilities uh, to do it uh, as as, gre as green as possible, their transport. Absolutely. Do we, do we need more gov governmental support for that? or? Do you see that uh, that that trend will in, will increase anyhow? Um, every little help is nice, let's say, because some of the customers are just on the border of this. They get our offer yeah, and say, "Hmm, economy friendly is fine, but it's still a bit too expensive. I cannot price that into my products." So for this kind of customers, yes, a uh, kind of subsidy in this area would be helpful and we could move more could encourage. On, on, on rail, let's say, for example. Yeah. Um, but many customers already um, make this move automatically and they say, yes, okay, it costs a little bit more, but we have, uh, uh, yeah, we have a good feeling about it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we can also market this yeah, and yeah. say we, our transport is green so it, it goes all in the right direction already with uh, some help from the government it could go faster let's say that. okay yeah. so um, that's for that's for the audience whoever mm -hmm. listens to this uh, can i ask you how, how much digital is your job today and how do you think it will be in five years good um, i started 1985 and our way of communication at this time was telephone and telex Maybe many of uh, the listeners the now don't even know what a telex is nowadays. <laughs> But uh, it was a big innovation in, I think it was 89, when we got our first fax machine. And okay. we all thought this is a, like a miracle. Ah, yeah. Yeah? 18, yeah. We can see what the, our Schenker America uh, offices just sent. And we can see it live here. That was a big step forward. Mm. Nowadays, you can only laugh about that, yeah. of course. Now. Um, Yeah, digitalization has really taken over nearly completely the whole business. Um, we have nowadays have e-airway bills. We have uh, we talk about the e-CMR. We have uh, um, everything is e. Yeah, the booking process. Uh, there is hardly any paper needed anymore, which is good. 
uh, paperless douane also for, for customs, yeah, things like that. So there was already a huge change in that area, good for the environment as well and also for the productivity. But um, the big step came now that indeed uh, during Corona, uh, where we luckily already before had installed uh, the complete teams in, within the 2000 offices we have, everybody has uh, teams. And um, that helped us to be very flexible now in Corona, where there is no travel allowed and uh, other things. So that is really... Um, that will continue. Uh, that, that will continue because also the home office is only working so smooth because we have that teams and, and all these uh, possibilities. So it was a real accelerator, you can say, the Corona for mm -hmm. even further digitalization. In five years... I'm not sure if I'm still in five years <laughs> in this job. We'll you will be consulting people. We, we will see. We will see. Before I come to the, to your private life after, if if will you, when you retire, one question: You have a long experience, career, um, and uh, an influence probably a lot of people. Uh, is there somebody in your career which uh, in, influenced you a lot or gave you the right type of uh, I don't know training yeah. or influence? Yeah. When I think about it, is it would be two people who really influenced me in, in early times, in the 80s. First of all, it was a negative impact from a land transport uh, top manager, let's say, in Euskirchen at that time. And this guy, unfortunately, had two faces. One day, he was your best friend and your best colleague and whatsoever. And the next day, you, he was your biggest enemy. So I didn't really like this approach. Okay, so and I, to I told to myself, you will never get like this. Okay. So yeah? Then the positive example was the air freight manager in, in Cologne, which had full trust, full empathy, and um, that that was uh, really good. He, he, he was a raw example, let's say, for me, how I would like to be when I'm in management positions. And that was the biggest influence, I can say, happened to me. Okay. I think you're making a good point about careers. Uh, we always say logistics is a people's business. And I think today we have had a good opportunity to uh, talk with you about, in this post podcast, Axel, about logistics and the people behind. Um, when you retire, what do you have on your private bucket list? The list is too long, actually. It will not get boring, I can tell. Yeah. So, um, I'm, first of all, of course, you need more time for your family which is really lacking in, in this especially now in corona times it is uh, it's not nice uh, how the, the family suffers because of additional tasks in the company so more family for sure then more sports i do sports already but i would do, like to do more more drumming because i'm a drummer as well a drummer <coughs> and uh, more motorbike okay and if all that doesn't fill my day then i would restart golf again Okay, I see, we will see you on bikes uh, in the geography one day, not tomorrow, not soon. Um, in, when, when you are in a person who is in logistics, everybody uh, assumes you are a very organized person. How is it in your private life, if I may ask so? My wife says extremely organized. Okay, so that's something <laughs> you can take. Yeah, uh, Axel, I have to thank you for this interesting discussion and insights in DB Schenker, uh, Luxembourg, and also in your 35 years plus career. And I wish you a lot of success uh, despite Corona in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Malik, for inviting me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Logistics Conversation. You can find our podcast and interview on SoundCloud, 
Spotify and of course our webpage www.c4l.lu. Thank you.